0: And mike young 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 thomas happy tuesday
1: tuesday with tk tk and psyche mikey that's michael to you pal hey thomas if i tell you that somebody survived on a packet of ketchup and alcohol for a week what would you think would you think hey that person's probably in a car crash in some remote area trying to survive or it's some fad diet or would you say it's a pledge hazing at the University of Michigan. Do you know that the University of Michigan used to have 27 fraternities and now there's only 17? 17, Thomas, they've lost 10. So we're moving in the right direction. The serious question is why the hell do we have them in the first place?
0: It's the feeling of bonding and love oh, amongst me it's, it's all the brotherhood of man.
1: It's clickish. It's clickish. You know, Thomas, I spent four years in college. Of course, I only had two years done when I got done because I had, (laughs) and I dropped out. But I never thought, and my wildest dream to end a fraternity because I didn't want to be with those jerks. Who wants to be around a little group of guys that all do the same thing, drink, make fun of chicks? Right, Thomas? I can think of one person in particular who got (laughs) elevated all the way up to the Supreme Court. But your TK, would he be BK? BK standing for Burger King. (laughs) That's right, buddy. Look, here's what fraternities are good for. It's a good way to figure out which students are the most gullible, Thomas, gullible. Like, once you get to be college age, don't you got to put some smarts on that crown of yours, Thomas? <laughs> you would think. Like, take that poor, poor, I mean, it's happened a bunch of times in the last couple of years, but let's, just an example that Penn State guy that died. At a point, when they're telling you to sh- drink 10 shots of tequila, have a couple beers, then do a couple shots of whiskey, doesn't something kick in, in your head and say, you know something, this might not be good for my health. I might die today if I keep doing this and just say, I don't want to be in your stinking fraternity. Doesn't that ever come upon their heads, Thomas? You would think the whole survival instinct would kick in at some point. You're right. I just think there's a trend now towards, you know, not joining the fraternity. And I'm glad because I don't know what, what good comes out of it so far. Just your click. but well, we'll never have to worry about that. Will we, pal? You're one click away from certain death. <laughs>
0: <laughs> one click away. You know, that reminds me to remind you, oh, John what? Q and Mary M. Radio Public, that you are one click away from the greatest podcast ever created in the history of podcasts. It's What's This World
1: Coming to.com. with Tom and Michael, baby. Tom and Mike. Let's say you live in Gilbert, Minnesota, small town in Upper Minnesota. And you're a police Minnesota. Minnesota. And you're a cop up there. What do you think is one of the last kind of calls you're going to get at the station that day? You know what it is, Thomas? Birds flying into my window. I got birds flying in my windshield in my car. I think these birds are drunk. Seriously? Seriously? Birds? They're drinking? All kinds birds of Birds drinking and flying at the same
0: time? Would that be an <laughs> FUI? An FUI? What's the penalty for that, pal? A penalty of. <laughs> Getting smacked in the head
1: with a bird? There's a berry that grows up there. It's those on, little
0: red berries.
1: Well, I don't know what it if it's red or not. But They're red a, berries. They grow in the fall. Those and, birds and, eat those things. They get drunk. They get yeah, they become fermented over the long summer, and these birds eat them and they get drunk and they fly into windows and stuff. And you know, people are saying that don't be concerned because they do eventually sober up, right? I've lost a few good windows that way. And I wonder if any of these people that had this happen flipped the bird at the bird. I don't know. But how
0: many times have you just been sitting in the luxury of that fine home of yours? Yes. And you hear some thud on the window?
1: And it's a bird trying to get in.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's really weird. And we've actually, we've got big windows in the front of our house. We've actually had birds fly into the window, and then you see this big smudge in the window. (laughs) They
1: didn't make it. They are going really fast, so they were drinking birds. (laughs) I also heard that these birds were all very belligerent. There's nothing worse than a drunk mockingbird, is there, Thomas? (laughs) Mocking. (laughs) <laughs> Can we just be happy that this did not happen with elephants? Can you see elephants coming into your window, Thomas? And why do you have big windows in your house anyway? Do you like to prance around El Nudo? El Nudo? Yeah. I'm El Nudo while listening to Menudo. Drunk birds. You know, in England, they usually go down to the pub To pick up a couple of drunk birds. You know what I'm saying? I think I do know what you're saying. Because they call women birds in in jolly old England. Yeah, I can tell. You just got back from Europe recently. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I've been on this radio Nobody knows what that means. Uh, That's right, buddy. Okay, here we go. So what about that podcast? What's this world coming to dot com? We're in the great state of Michigan. Well, right up the road in Grand Rapids, there's a farmhouse. And for many, many years, almost 30 years, This door in this farmhouse has been propped open by this big old 22-pound rock that I'm sure nobody knew what the hell it was. 22 pounds is not that heavy for a rock. Well, Did it look unusual in some way? No, but it just propped up the door. That's why they used it. Well, it turns out, Thomas, that this 22-pound rock was actually a meteorite that is worth, are you ready for this, pal? Are you sitting down? I'm ready. $100,000. I'm going to go. Look at all my
0: doorstops, just (laughs) to make sure. I don't have a meteorite holding up my door. Now, look.
1: $100,000? Seriously? This was a farm in Michigan where a rock fell many years ago. Thomas, could this be the home of Superman? You know. That was not a meteorite. That was kryptonite. Meteorite, kryptonite. You say tomato, I say tomato. Come on, Thomas, work with me. (laughs) You know, I don't know it was $100,000 because... I guess it's because it's a meteorite and that's kind of unusual, but it was, they say it's made out of iron and nickel. That's not worth a lot, is it? It's a lot of nickels. All I got to know, pal, is I remember as a kid growing up, my mother would always tell me, look, kid, money doesn't just fall out of the sky. Take that mom in your face, (laughs) right? You always wanted to say that to your mom. You were such a resistant little boy, weren't you? Yes, I was. But now, Thomas, the the whole end of the story is the door doesn't stay open now. That's the whole thing. Yeah. So what's the point, people? What's the point is right. So you took that rock, you sold it.
0: You went and you got your rock off and then... What? What did you say? I'm sorry. Wait a minute. I didn't mean (laughs) it that way. And now the door is swinging wide open. Oh, sad. And does that door swing both ways? It swings both (laughs) ways. All right,
1: enough of that. Here's a story for you. You're going to love this one. There's a family in Utah right? They're big football fans of the Utah Utes. That's the big college football Utah, team. Utah Utes. That's what they call themselves, Utes about. I think that's like, what Like they- my cousin Vinny, Joe Pesci. That's right. Utes. Utes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, they've been saving up to buy tickets for the football four or five home games, and it cost $1,500. So they had $1,500 in an envelope somewhere in the living room. And their kid, two or three years old, Gets a hold of a shredder. Now, what they're doing with with a shredder in the living room with a little kid, I don't know. Maybe child services should be called. But this kid takes the envelope when no one's looking, puts it in the shredder, Thomas. $1,500. Gone, baby. Gone. This is a baby? Well, like two or three. Not a baby. That's pretty much a baby. Okay. So he puts them in the shredder. So you got a little baby hanging around a shredder? What kind of parents are these? I say call child services. Wait a minute. You're more concerned about the money than the baby. I can tell you're not a parent. No, I'm not. Look, for even more fun, parents should give the kid a knife and tell him to put it in an outlet. How about that? No, that's not a good idea. Oh, Thomas, you know, at least if the kid didn't eat the money, the result would have been a lot harder to put in an envelope, if you know what I mean, pal. You know, I don't think you believe me when I told you this before we went on air. but they actually have a department in the Treasury Department that has people that work around the clock in a lab that do things like this. Now, if these fam- this family They reassemble shredded money? Not only shredded money, but burnt money... Money that's been in a wall that's all moldy. What's the name of this department? It's called Putting the Money Back Together. Department. That's right. No, this is true. Anybody can look it up. They do have a people that do that. You know, it might take maybe up to a year, because I'm sure there's a big backlog, depending on how many people they have working but in But that department. just goes to show you how inept our government is. We have
0: a department that would reassemble $1,500 in shredded cash, and it would take maybe a year. What is the expense of of reassembling $1,500 in shredded cash, right. probably $100,000. <laughs> I know, but Thomas, <laughs> you know?
1: it could be a backlog. Maybe they're not getting to it in all that time. I don't think it's, it's, it's a year from the time they get the money. to Why don't it you just print more money? Just replace it with the new money. Well, then people would go out and they'd start burning their money, lighting their cigars with money, buddy, like you used to. Look, Look. I still do. When I heard the story, I That's a I great thought,
0: way to get rid of a $100 bill. I got all this money laying around.
1: You know, you just know, light a few cigars. When I read this story, I said to myself, boy, kids shred the darndest things, don't they? Kids shred? You might be not old enough, but there used to be an old TV show by a guy named Art Linkletter. Look it up, kids. He was a great radio and TV personality, and he had a show on where they'd had little kids come on, and they said the darndest things, didn't they, Thomas? Before my time, buddy. Look, Here's the bottom of the line. Ruining money through a paper shredder is actually a pretty good metaphor for having kids, isn't it? If you want to shred some money, have a few kids. <laughs>
0: it's the quickest way to go through money God ever created. And if you want to have a little fun, what do you do, Thomas? You go to the Tom and Mike podcast
1: at What's This whatsthisworldcomingto.com. There you go, buddy. Tom and Mike. There's a guy in Arizona. He's an off-duty Border Patrol agent. And his wife's about to give birth. And he knows the, the gender it is and he wants all his friends to find out. So what's he do is he gathers he gathers them all together in his backyard and he puts a target up. And in the target are a red powder or a pink powder and a blue powder, but highly inflammable as it turns out. So he shoots the target. Only problem is, Thomas, it's dry, dry, dry Arizona. It's a windy day. It starts a forty seven thousand acre wildfire at a cost of 8 million buckaroos, pal. What a great idea that guy had, huh? Imagine what this guy does when he's on duty, huh? Yeah. Look. (laughs) Why? What what does he do? Well, he's he's a border patrol agent. Oh, I see. Yes. I I don't remember the border patrol agent. Yes. Look, Thomas, when I was growing up, a father had a kid. What did he do? He passed out cigars with pink or blue bands on the cigar. That's all, right? Those cigars that I've been lighting with my $100 bills. Right. Or pink and blue balloons. You don't get wildfires from that, do you? Unless you toss that cigar out the window as you're driving through Arizona on a dry, hot day. You know, this guy has to pay a fine of $220,000. And here's the irony. He had to give $100,000 right up front. And that was for his kids' his college education. Then the one hundred twenty dollars he still owes, listen to this, he has to pay $500 a month for 20 years, pal. 20 years. Wow. So having this guy pay all that money for that one kid, he basically had twins, didn't he? He did. How, how, <laughs> you like the way I deducted that, huh? I like it. Tom and Mike, Rookie cop in Baltimore. The guy's on probation, meaning that he's so new <clears throat> that he has a probation period and they have to watch what he does. So anyway, a couple days ago, they find this guy slumped over in his patrol car, 0.22, which is like three times the limit of alcohol, at 1.30 in the afternoon, Thomas. One thirty. Wow, he might have a drinking problem. He's a rookie, Thomas. It was a 0.22. He should have been at 0.38. Because he's, he's a, a rookie. rookie. Clint Eastwood would have had a 0.44, Thomas. That's right. You feeling lucky, punk? Here's the rookie mistake also. You don't relieve tension by having a couple brewskis. You fire that gun, Thomas. That relieves the tension, doesn't it? <laughs> where, where you're firing it. He took that protect and serve too little, didn't he? Or was he serving to protect? (laughs) You know. Serving himself. At least the guy didn't have a hook or steal the car and his money, right, Thomas? So there's a little silver lining. There is no silver lining in the story. I liked in the old days where where cops just went and had donuts. That's all, Thomas. Had a little waistline problem, getting drunk in the middle of the day. Now it's it's not Dunkin'
0: Donuts anymore. They changed the name. It's Drunken Donuts now. Well, I want everybody to write down
1: this guy's name because we're going to hear from him again, aren't we? I think we are. Now, speaking of drunk, you know, one Nice your- segue. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that you love Ray Donovan, right? I do. And the other day, over the weekend, Ray Donovan, one of his, I'll give you a hint, one of his brothers was picked up for DUI. He actually had his three-year-old kid in his lap steering the car as it swerved in and out of traffic before it eventually hit a parked car and he was arrested being drunk. Now, that's not good parenting, But can you guess which son it was or which brother it was on the show? Well,
0: he's got three brothers. One's an older brother, and he's got
1: like Parkinson's disease or something.
0: Oh, only in the script. Right, right. But the other brother, he's just screwed up in the head. Right. And then he's
1: got like a black brother. Half brother from... uh... Yeah,
0: he's the one that seems to be the most normal. So
1: I'm going to pick the black guy. You're right, buddy. Really? (laughs) I think he was drinking because of his name. His name was Pooch Hall. P O O C H Hall Pooch Hall.
0: Wait, I thought that was the goofy guy that's married to the wrestler. I thought no. that was Pooch Hall.
1: No, I know his name, but I can't think of it. But no, I always thought that too because I guess we figured he looks he, like a pooch. He does look like he's been punching. The black the head. guy doesn't look like a pooch. Right. Speaking of punching, did you see that AMC fight between Connor and the other guy from Russia that turned into a giant brawl? No. What happened? It went in Vegas over the weekend. I think it was Saturday night. The fight ended. The guy got Conor McGregor in a chokehold. Now, you know who Conor McGregor is. He's that Irishman. He's got the big chest tattoo and everything. He had him in a chokehold. The fight ends. And the guy that won is a Russian. He jumps out of the octagon into the crowd at Vegas and starts beating on some of the entourage of Conor McGregor. And then the Russians jumped in the octagon and hit McGregor from the back in the head, and all hell broke loose. You got to Google that, my friend. Those crazy Russians. Well. Why do they hate us
0: so much? (laughs) I don't know. There is a silver lining in this
1: dark shadow over the weekend in the world of sports. Do you know what that is? I'm going to go out on a limb and say our Cleveland Browns. Now, we say our Cleveland Browns. We both adopted them because... They're, they're the, the underdogs. They're you know the, how Dallas is America's
0: no, team? That's well, that's, Browns are the new America's team. And why is this? Because they're the underdogs. Well, People
1: are pulling for them. They're also the best 3-32 and team I've ever seen. This is true. I mean, when you see a team that's only won three games in the last three years, you say, oh, man, they must be doormats. Well... Maybe a few years ago, they were doormats. But the last couple of years, they've lost games in the most excruciating fashion. And Thomas, I got to tell you, this guy had a chip shot to win the game in overtime. I never thought I was going to get over the goalpost. You probably didn't see
0: one of the Ravens players' hands touch that ball. And that's why it almost didn't make it. So by the grace of God, we won. the Browns won that game. What's this we, white man? Because I'm a Browns fan,
1: okay? That's right. You worked in Cleveland one your, I did. And, and I loved Cleveland. And I love you. And since you love the Cleveland, I love Well, listen Cleveland. to this. Out of all the places I've lived, okay?
0: Pittsburgh, Dallas, Miami, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., Chicago,
1: Cleveland. Guess what town I love the best? I would say Philadelphia without a doubt. You have to. Did I city. say Philadelphia? It's a city of brotherly love. Rocky went there. Oh, it's like, what a great city. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't what?
0: even know if I mentioned that town in my list, but I did. did live and work in Philadelphia best years town ago ever. when I was doing the WKRP circuit, town to town, up and down the dial. Yeah, Philly was a great town. Dallas, all these, Miami, I loved them, but the town I loved best was Cleveland the mistake by the lake right buddy no don't you dare say that <laughs> don't you dare go there what's this world coming to? com, the tom and mike podcast what is that address again mike what's this world coming to.com tom and mike